Praise God. Worship team, thank you all so much for such an awesome time of worship. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Appreciate the, appreciate the good music and singing tonight. The worship to lead us into God's presence. Amen. Praise God. Open your Bibles tonight uh, with me to John's Gospel. Um, St. John's Gospel, chapter 7, last, last Sunday night, I guess this is kind of a, maybe, maybe a follow-up, follow-up message to last Sunday night, as this morning was kind of a follow-up to the last two Sunday morning messages. You know, we had talked about on Sunday morning, um, Jesus um, revealing to His disciples that He was going to the cross and that they had to take up their cross and follow Him but the reward today, we talked about the reward that that would bring to them and to us who follow the Lord, that we're going to see Him as they did on the Mount of Transfiguration. We're going to see Him in all of His glory one of these days. And that's going to be an awesome time. Last Sunday night, we talked about uh, getting in uh, over our heads in the river of God, the, the, the flowing of the river, the river of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to follow up a little bit on that this evening from John's Gospel, chapter number 7, verses 37 through 39. And, um, uh, of course, I did um, reference this passage last Sunday night in my message. But tonight I want to talk to you about going with the flow. I want to talk to you about letting that river of the Holy Spirit flow having that river to flow in us and through us and out of us. And that's what we want. That's what we desire. We talked last week about getting into the river, wading out into the deep water, getting out into the deep part of, you know, there's depths in the Spirit that we have not attained to yet. And we don't want to just be wading around in the kiddie pool and uh, in the ankle deep, we want to go on to the knee deep and to the waist deep and then get on out into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So let's look what Jesus, at what Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 37. And these are familiar verses of Scripture. Most of you know them and can quote them probably. But it says this, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The King James says belly. The New King James, I believe, says innermost being a heart. It says heart. Um, another translation says out of his innermost being. So when he talks of the belly, the heart, the innermost being, he's talking about your inner man, out of your spirit and soul. Um, out of your innermost being shall flow not just a river, but rivers of living water. Last Sunday night, remember the rivers that issued out from the throne. It was not just a singular river, but it was rivers, plural. And Jesus mentions that here. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe upon him should receive. 
for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. But he has been glorified now since he said that. So the Holy Ghost now has been given. And uh, the Holy Ghost, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the rivers of living water that Jesus is speaking of here. I've made mention before again about the difference between the water of salvation, which Jesus talked about in John chapter 4. The woman at the well, he said, out of your um, innermost being would flow, there would be a, a well of living water springing up into everlasting life. That was a well of water, which is salvation. This is, this is different than the well of water. This is the rivers of water. So it's a different experience altogether. So we can't lump both of these together. The well of water refers to the salvation that we receive, the Holy Spirit working in us at salvation. The rivers of living water that Jesus spoke of here is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit in our life. Let's pray and ask God's blessing upon His Word tonight. Father, we do thank You for Your Word. And I'm asking tonight that you would help me to minister the word that you've laid upon my heart tonight. Help my voice tonight, God, to be strong, my vocal cords to be strong this evening, to say what you would have me to say. God, I need your anointing. And uh, we, we know, I know, that I can't do it without you. And I'm trusting you tonight. In Jesus' name, Lord, just take this word and and apply it to our hearts, and we give you praise for it. And everybody said amen, amen and amen. We Americans, you know, are people that love to celebrate holidays, aren't we? And we've got a, we're in the holiday, getting close to being in the holiday season. Thanksgiving is coming up, and then Christmas is coming right after that. I think they've tried to put Christmas ahead of Halloween and everything else. But uh, we like to celebrate our holidays. You know, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas are major holidays that we have. Then Fourth of July, that's a pa our patriotic holiday that we celebrate every year in the summertime. And, um, but the Jewish people as well love to celebrate their holidays. And there were three great annual feasts that were celebrated by the Jews. The Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles were their three main feasts that they celebrated on an annual basis. And the feast that's mentioned here in John chapter 7, where it says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. This feast was the Feast of Tabernacles. And there was a ceremony that went on during the Feast of Tabernacles on that last day of the feast. I think it was an eight-day feast. And on this last day of the feast, during this, this, this particular time on that day, the high priest would take a golden pitcher and they would, there would be a procession, the high priest leading a procession of other priests to the pool of Siloam, from the temple to the pool of Siloam. And when they got to the pool of Siloam, they would take the golden pitcher and they would dip it into the pool and then they would carry it back to the temple. And there, when they got to the temple, the priest would take that water and he would pour out the water from that golden pitcher onto the altar of sacrifice. And as he would do that, the Levites would blow the trumpets and the crowd, the people would cry out, 
uh, from Isaiah. They would quote the verse from Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3, and they would cry out, With joy shall you draw waters, water from the wells of salvation. This was a great day. It was a happy day. It was a holy day in Jew Jewish life. They would be dancing. They were shouting. They were singing. Hallelujahs were filling the air. They were rejoicing on this last great day of the feast. But as this was going on, right, in, right as this climax of this holiday was taking place, as the priest was pouring out the water onto the sacrifice, that was the very time that Jesus stood up in the temple and with a loud voice he began to cry out as the water was being poured out. And he said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Jesus realized he realized something. He realized that these people here in that temple that day were drinking water from the river of ritual and they were drawing from the well of religion. He realized that what they were doing there were just types and shadows and that when this day was over and they had went through all of their celebration that they would all go back to their homes and they would go back to their same old fears and their faults and failures and frustrations that their life would really not be changed any whatsoever. They have gone through the motions. They have done all these things but they still would not be changed. The problem with that crowd that day in that temple at Jerusalem was the same problem that we see in the modern day church today. They were drawing water from the wrong well. Is anybody listening to me? They were drinking water and drawing water from the wrong source. They should have been drawing it and getting it from Jesus. And he said, if any man come to me, oh, that water you're pouring out there, this celebration you're having here, it's going to leave you empty when you leave this place. But if you'll come to me and drink, I'll give you living water that you'll never Ever, ever thirst again. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> Praise God. Bear with me tonight. I'm trying. <clears throat> the founder of the Salvation Army's name was William Booth, and William Booth made a prophetic statement um, about the 20th, 21st century. We're in the 21st century, but he made this about the 20th century, and it's even worse now. But William Booth spoke prophetically of the dangers that would, that, would, that would come into the church in the 20th century. And here's what William Booth said about the church of the 20th century. He said that there would be, here would be the dangers, there would be a Christianity without Christ. There would be forgiveness without regeneration. There would be morality without God heaven without hell, and religion without the Holy Spirit. Now we can see that he did speak prophetically because we see those very things have come to pass within the modern day church today. And out of all those things, they're all tragic and they're all dangerous. 
But one of the greatest, I believe probably that last one could be the most dangerous of all when we, especially within our Pentecostal ranks, how many is listening? When we within the Pentecostal church have religion without the Holy Spirit. And I see that becoming the trend within the full gospel church and within Pentecost today that we are getting to a place where we want our gatherings and we want our church and we want to go through the motions and sing our songs and just do what we do and then get out and go home just as quick as we can. It's religion without the Holy Spirit. We're in that place today and all God help us to come out of that. Listen to me. The reason, there's a reason why the average Christian is just an average Christian. And I think I made it a little clear, tried to this morning, that I want to be more than just an average Christian. And I believe that all of us should have a desire to be more than just an average Christian. But the reason the average Christian is just an average Christian is because they've been to Calvary for pardon, which that's wonderful and great, but they've never been to Pentecost for power. Amen. We come to Calvary for pardon, but through that same cross, that river flows, as I said last week, to that upper room, and we've got to move to that upper room, to Pentecost, to receive the power of God in our life. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Our churches need the power of God today. You and I need the power of God in our lives today. The Lord Jesus Christ, made this promise that within every born-again believer that there should be an overflowing river coming out of us, flowing out of us. I, I, I didn't sing it, but I quoted that little chorus last week. There's a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors and sets the captive free. There's a river of life flowing out of me. See, that's where we've got to be tonight. That's what we as a Pentecostal full gospel church have got to have. We've got to have that river. Jesus promised that river to every believer that it would be an overflowing river coming out of us, touching lives, the lives of other people. A river flowing in this church and not just stopping here, but flowing out from this church and out from you and I to this community to touch individuals in the Farmington community and all of St. Francis County. I'm praying for a move of God. I'm praying for an outpouring. I'm praying for a mighty Holy Ghost revival, not just for Abundant Life Family Church, but I'm praying for it for St. Francis County and this entire mineral area, this entire lead belt to have the river of God flowing like never before. Amen. Y'all know me well enough. I, voice or no voice, I can't just talk. Amen. But every Christian needs to be, needs, needs that river flowing in us. Every believer needs this river of the Holy Spirit and we need that river to flow. Let that river flow. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus, let me take a sip of water. 
Jesus, in this text that I read, uses four verbs in this text. Y'all going back to, you know, elementary school, you know what a verb is, right? It's, a, it's an action word. It's, it denotes action. It's a word that has you to do something. And Jesus gives, gives four verbs here in this passage. And they are thirst, come, drink, and flow. Get that, all right? Thirst, come, drink, and flow. Four actions here in this text that Jesus said that we need to do if we want that river to flow out of us and flow in our lives. So the first thing that he said was, if any man, what? Thirst. Of course, when he says man, means men, women, it's talking about mankind. Anyone. He lays down a condition, number one, that there must be, if this river's going to flow, number one, there must be a personal desire in your heart and life to have that river of the Holy Spirit flowing in you. The river's not going to flow where there is no personal desire and where there is no thirst for this water. Jesus lays this down as a condition. And he says, if anyone, notice that, if any man or if anyone thirst, he said that if anyone, he's not just delegating this to a certain group of people or just to Pentecostals or just to uh, any religious group, any, any certain group of people, but are just some that, that, that think they're the chosen or the elect. But he said, it's open to anyone who is thirsty, anyone who seeks God. Let me listen to me, saint. Anyone who wants God, who wants the Spirit, who wants more of the Lord, who wants God, can find God and can have God and all of God they want in their life. Amen. The problem, here's the problem, as I see it today, and I believe the Bible bears it out, but the problem today within the church is that people are not thirsty anymore. Now, that we have a lot of people that are empty. Oh, help us, Jesus. I bet some of y'all's praying my voice will go out. <laughs> There's some, many, that are empty. But there's, how many knows there's a difference in being empty and being thirsty? My truck is probably almost on empty. And it gets on empty, but it never gets thirsty. Amen? And there's a lot in the church that are that way, that are empty but not thirsty. And that's not the same thing. And we, you know, we've got to understand, number one, and realize our emptiness and then we have to have a desire, hallelujah, which is a thirst to, to do something about the emptiness that we have in our spiritual life. See, it's hard. It's hard for us. It's hard for us here in America to really uh, understand what real thirst is. We don't know anything about what it is to really be thirsty. Amen? I mean, we live in a nation where uh, we've got water piped right into our house. Hot 
and cold, amen? And uh, we've got water piped in here. You can go to the sink, and, and we don't even do that anymore. We don't even go to the sink and get it. We buy, we buy, we've got it piped into our house, and we go buy it by the case and drink it, in, drink it out of bottles. But we don't know what it's like to really, really be thirsty. Did you realize that this is how privileged we are in the United States, that 82% of the world population does not have a sink or a faucet or running water in their, in their house of the world population. You stop and think about that, amen. We, when we were in Africa, there was water available that you could turn, get out of a spigot, but you couldn't drink it. It would make you deathly sick. We had to rely on bottled water. We had to brush our teeth with bottled water. If we didn't have any bottled water, we, we was told to take a big, big, big jug of Listerine or Scope to, to use to brush our teeth with because the water there's polluted. You can't drink it. Amen. We don't know anything about that here in the United States. How blessed are we? But before, but, but before you can really, really get all of God that you need in your life, you have got to have a thirst for God. And I just wish so much, my prayer is, Lord, somehow or another, help me move in Abundant Life Church. God. Give our people a thirst for God. Give us a thirst for the Holy Spirit. Give us a thirst. Don't let us be complacent. Don't let us be in that lukewarm condition. And I feel like that many are drifting into that, that place of spiritual uh, complacency and have a lackadaisical attitude. There's no desire for God or the things of God that there needs to be. We need to have a thirst like David had. Remember Remember, David said in Psalm 42 is the deer. Uh, this is a good deer season, a good deer season scripture. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, even for the living God. David cried out in Psalm 63. He said, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirst for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to come to the point where we say, my soul longs for you just like I would if I was in a thirsty land. That's what we've got to have. We've got to have a personal desire for more of the Lord than we've ever had before. Can you say amen? Now you have all of God you want. And you can have all of God you want. Amen? And for many, that's not much. Because they're just not thirsty. I don't know all the reasons why Christians today don't have a thirst for the Lord. I'm sure there's more than one specific reason why Christians are not thirsty. You say, well, how do you know a lot of them are thirsty? Look, look at the seats on Sunday night. Check it out on Wednesday night. There's no thirst there. Thirsty people come to where they can be fed and watered. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching to the choir here tonight. But there are 
there's various reasons, but I, I really feel like that one of the reasons uh, why there's many that are not thirsty for the things of the Lord or for the more of the Spirit of the Lord is because they're drinking from stagnant waters from the world's spout. You know, Jeremiah ran into that situation and he said to the people in his day, he said, for my people have committed two evils. And I think this goes for, for, for people today in America and even within the church. He said, my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they've hewed out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And that's what we see a lot of people today. They're drinking from the wrong fountain. They're drinking from the world's spout. But you know, the thing about it is the thirstier that you get for the Lord. Once you taste, what is it? Taste and see that the Lord is good. And once you taste of the water that flows from Calvary, the water of the Spirit, I'm telling you, once you've had a good drink from the waters of His well and the rivers of living water, the world's water-contaminated cisterns cannot satisfy your longing So This world's got nothing I want tonight. I want more of him and more of his spirit. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. See, you and I have got to come to that place that we're like that dry, dying, thirsty beggar in the desert where that, be- you know, we see some of them, we watch some of them old westerns and them guys, you know, they get, they get, they get lost out there, you know, but somebody will, uh, you know, take their horse and leave them out in the desert and they're crawling through there. Old Lucas McCain, he was out in the desert the other day and his, his, his mouth was all parched and his lips were all cracked open. And the thing he wanted more than anything else in the world in that dry and thirsty land was to get a hold of a canteen of water, amen, and to drink from that water. And until you and I come to that place where we're like that dry, dying, thirsty man in the desert, then, then, then you, 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 when you get there, that's when you've got to have, you must have God. See, that's the place God's trying to bring us, where we must have him. We must have water. That dying man in that desert must have water or he can't make it. You and I must have the river of the Holy Spirit flowing in us. Give us a personal desire. Give us a thirst for more of God. He's the only one that can fill us. And I'm telling you what, when you get thirsty enough for God, He will fill you. Let me move on. I've got to hurry. Let me move on. Let me move on. So there's got to be that desire. You've got to have a thirst. Number two, The second verb he used, he said, if any man thirsts, number two, let him come unto me. Let him come unto me. Here we see a devotion. Now we've got a desire, and here now we've got a devotion. Here's a person that is purposed 
to devote themselves, to come to Jesus, to receive the, the fullness of the Spirit. Can I tell you that He, Jesus, is the source? I closed that message out this morning with those two words, only Jesus. Anything you get tonight is going to come only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It comes from Him. It comes through Him. He's the only true source of satisfaction that you'll ever find in your life. So if you want to experience the river of God in your spirit, in your soul, if you want to have the power of God in your life, then the only place you're going to get it, you've got to come to Jesus. Now, it amazes me. I can ask people, you know, uh, those people aren't here tonight. But I can ask people, how many of y'all want more of the Lord or a closer walk? And everybody raised their hand. And then a few minutes later, I'll give an invitation for them to come to Jesus, come to the altar, come and drink of the fountains. And they'll sit back there on their seat and stand there and hold on to that pew and never make a move after they've already said they want more of Jesus. Something's wrong somewhere. You've got to come to the source of the river and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you, are you here now? Are you with me tonight? Amen? He's the only true source. Listen, this world's not going to satisfy. The things of this world. Oh, Solomon, you know, you read about Solomon. He was the wisest, the wealthiest man that ever lived. And Solomon, you read the book of Ecclesiastes, and you find out that Solomon had it all. He tried it all. He did it all. There was nothing that was withheld from him. And he wrote the conclusion of the whole matter in Ecclesiastes that it's all vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Everything is empty nothings. He tried wildness. He was, you know, Solomon was kind of a Playboy and a party boy. And, but you know what? He didn't, he wasn't satisfied with that. Solomon tried wine. It said that he gratified his flesh with wine. But he found out, Solomon found out, just like the alcoholic, that wine, alcohol, booze, um, you know, all of that stuff will not satisfy. That's why people, that's why, that's why there are so many tonight that are bound by the powers of drink and alcohol tonight because they're looking for some satisfaction and as soon as that wears off they're they're going back to that bottle again oh my god i'm telling you I, i've said it before you don't need alcoholics anonymous you don't need nothing like that you need to come to the river you need to come to the river oh help me jesus amen Hallelujah. He said, there's, he said, I tried wine. I've tried it all, but it was nothing. It was nothing to me. He had greater possessions. He had all the wealth. He tried wealth, but he said, all the gold and the treasures and the possessions and the flocks and everything that I had, all of it meant absolutely nothing. He tried women. He said, whatever my eyes desired, I didn't keep anything from them. I didn't withhold my heart from any pleasure. He was actually kind of the Hugh Hefner of his his day. You know, he had an eye for the ladies. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. That means he had a thousand mother-in-laws. <laughs> Glory to God. He tried it all, but that didn't satisfy him at all. Are you hearing me? He found out that everything was futile, futile and foolish. But I'm going to tell you what, 
Tonight, if you are here, if there's anybody here that's lost and needs regeneration, or those that are here that are saved and need a refreshing and a reviving, all you have to do is come to Jesus. If you want Jesus to fill you with the Holy Spirit, you just need to come to Jesus with a personal devotion and give yourself fully and completely to the Lord. You will never ever receive anything from the Lord if you never come to him with a full devotion to him. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Come on somebody. Woo! Amen. So there's a desire and there's a devotion but the third thing Jesus said here was the third verb was, you come to me, but then you got to do something. You got to drink. Now this seems simple enough, but here's the decision you got to make. I'm coming to Jesus, and I'm going to drink of the water of the Spirit. If you want the river to flow from you and in you. You've got to come to Jesus and drink of His Spirit. It's that simple. Receiving the Holy Spirit is like just turning up. I used to, I used to work in the, uh, outside, you know, with the in, in outdoor advertising company in the summertime. And uh, out there in the heat every day, eight, nine hours a day in the heat. And I always had that, that thermos jug of ice water. And man, I'm telling you, when you were hot and thirsty, the, nothing tasted any better than to get in the, get, climb back in that truck and uncork that thing and turn that Coleman jug up and just chug a lug. Brother Dave, you know what I'm talking Just chug a lug some of that ice cold water, how refreshing that was. But I could get in the truck with that jug. I could look at that jug. I could admire that jug. I could say, I thank God for that jug. But I, if I never picked it up and turned it up and took a drink, it'd never do me any good. And that's the way receiving the Spirit is. It's just as simple as drinking, taking a drink of water, amen. Just drinking in. It's receiving the Spirit. So many people, you know, they'll come to receive the Holy Spirit Spirit, but they, they won't drink him in. They won't take a drink. It's receiving the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's where so many Christians miss it. Jesus said, let, me, let him come to me and drink. See, so many right here, they miss this. They come to the bank of the river. They see the water. They watch the waves lapping up on the shore. They even can look and see the reflection of their face in the surface, but they just never do take a drink. And let me tell you something, saints of God. God will lead you to, to the Lord. He'll, even, he'll bring you to that fountain, to that river, but he will not make you drink. If you want to be filled, you have to drink and receive the Spirit and let him flow out of you. Come on, amen. Woo. I, I preached a revival a few years ago down in... Uh, Desert, Missouri. I've told this probably before. There were several that got the baptism in the Holy Spirit in that revival. 
But anyway, one night, the pastor's son came up. And he was just about 11, 12 years old at that time. But he came up and wanted the Holy Ghost. And so I explained to him about receiving the Holy Spirit and, uh, and what he was going to sense and what he was going to feel. And um, when, he, when he sensed that river flowing, I said, you're going to feel it in your belly and it's going to be one to come out and you just have to open your mouth here's the drinking part and just open your mouth and let that come out and speak what the holy spirit has given you and so you know man I, we prayed for him and the holy spirit was all over that young man but he never spoke in tongues he he, he wouldn't open his mouth and speak after the service and i told him i said come on tyler just open your mouth and let that come out let that let that come out drink of that in and let that come out and 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 he did he didn't do it and after the service he told me here's here's the way 11 year old boy described it he said Brother Rick, he said, I felt like that I wanted to throw up. That was the way he described it. I said, see, I was trying to, I told you that the spirit would flow from your belly, from your innermost being, that you just had to yield to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit, let him have his way. Speak. See, the Holy Spirit won't make you talk in tongues. He won't take your jaw and your tongues and force you. You have to do the speaking, but the Holy Spirit gives the utterance. So when I explained that to him, the next night he came back up and we prayed for him that night the second time. Praise God. Aren't you glad we believe in, we, we believe in praying for people more than once? He came back up and we prayed for him that second time that night and I told him, gave him those same instructions and that night when he felt that sensation in his belly, he opened his mouth and began to drink of the Spirit and fluently began to speak in a heavenly language as God filled him with the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? See, it's coming to him and devoting to him and drinking and making that decision that you're going to, to drink. The problem is so many never get under that spout where the glory's running out. You've got to get in that place. It's so simple to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just come to Jesus and drink. Can I get an amen? Now when you come to Jesus believing and you're willing to receive, he will fill you with the Spirit. He'll feel you. I read a little story about a, about a, a, a foreigner that came to America. He, he, he had never saw, this man had never saw a water fountain. And he, he saw his first water fountain and he was trying to get a drink, but he couldn't figure out how to make it work. There was no knob and there was no button. There was nothing that he saw to push or anything. He didn't know what to do and he became so frustrated and he was about to turn away when somebody pointed to him. There was a little sign at the bottom of the fountain that simply said, stoop down and drink. And when he stooped over, he found out that it was a, it was a motion-detected uh, water fountain. It had an electronic eye. And that when you would bend, you didn't have to touch nothing. You just had to bend over and stoop over. And when you did, it detected that, and the water began to flow. When he stooped down, automatically the water came flowing out, and he quenched his thirst. So when you and I, when you and I come to Jesus, be 
believing, thirsty, and we're willing. See, here's the problem. Are we willing to stoop down? Are we willing to get down and humble ourselves before him to receive what he has for us? That's what it means to drink, just to stoop down and make that decision and humble yourself and receive the spirit of God in your life. Woo, hallelujah. I'm glad I'm excited. I wish I could shout. Just I had a voice. Hallelujah. Don't call me tomorrow because I won't be able to talk tomorrow at all. We'll have to text. <laughs> Praise God. So fourthly, all right, where are we at? Where are we at? We've, we've thirsted. We've come to Jesus, we've drank, and then the fourth verb there was, he said, out of his belly, what? Will flow rivers of living water. This, see, this is, this is, this is what we gotta get to, the flowing part, letting that river flow. When you are thirsty and come and drink, then Jesus says, out of your belly, your innermost being, those waters will flow. Jesus said here that we, and you gotta get this. Here's what Jesus is saying. Notice that, that you and I will be living fountains sending forth floods of the river of revival of the Holy Spirit out of our lives to touch the lives of others. It's not getting that river and just holding it to ourselves. It's not, the Holy Ghost is not given to you just so you can feel good, just so you can be blessed. He gives us the river to flow out of us to minister to other people. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. He said, you know, when he told them to go um, and wait on the upper room, he said, he said, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me. You'll be witnesses to me. And then you'll go out into the world and be witnesses. That's why we have the Spirit of God. It's not to be, listen, this baptism in the Holy Spirit is not to be just a trickle of water. It's not just turning a little faucet on and letting it trickle just a little bit. But it's to be a torrent of a flood of river of water. It's not just to be a little drip. It's not just to be a little drop. But it's to be a deluge of water flowing from inside of us out to other people. We used to sing that song. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. I've had all the mercy drops I want. I don't want any drips. I don't want any drops. I've pastored too many drips. We don't need any drips. We need the flowing of the river of the Holy Ghost at Abundant Life Family Church. Now we need it. Now. Come on, somebody. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You guys get with me on Sunday night, man. I tell you, I appreciate that. Hallelujah. We're to be springs 
fountains that spread the blessing of the Lord and the truth of God's word. Amen, rivers of God's blessing. You know, there's a sea over in, in, in the Israel called the Dead Sea, and why is it dead? Why nothing, you know, it's stagnant water. Nothing lives there. There's no fish in it. It's just dead water, stagnant pool. Why is it dead? It's dead because it has an inlet and no outlet. Amen. Water flows in but not flowing out. That's the reason so many Pentecostals are dead. That's the reason so many churches are dead. That's the reason there's no life because we want to come to church and get our bless me on and get the Holy Ghost to bless us but then we plug it up and put a stopper in it and go out into the world and want to hold it all to ourselves. The only way that we are going to have more of the river and the life of God, we gotta let it flow out of us and flow to somebody else. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. Well, I just want to come and get blessed. I just want to come and get blessed. You need to come and get filled up so you can go out and flow, let the Spirit of God flow from you to touch somebody else. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The Holy Spirit has not been given to you for your enjoyment. He's been given to you and to the church for our employment. Hallelujah. He wants to fill us, to use us, to make us witnesses for him in these last days. Praise God. It's a never-ending river. It's a supply that never dwindles. It's the fullness of the Spirit that he wants to give to us. Power for service. Power and joy. That dynamic that's available to you and me if we will just come to Jesus and drink. The old song says, I have found a joy no tongue can tell how its ways of glory roll. It is like a great o'erflowing well springing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory and the half has never yet been told. Oh, let that river flow. Let that Holy Ghost fill us at Abundant Life Family Church tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me close, let me close. I didn't intend on preaching this long, but you know me. I heard, read a story actually about some men who were on a ship and they had sailing on the the ocean and they had run out of drinking water on the ship and were very thirsty. They were at the place where they were about to perish. They didn't know what they were going to do. And suddenly, they saw another ship on the horizon, and they got excited. They said, oh, these folks, this, this ship can help us. And so they sent the other ship a message, and they said, do you have any water? Send us some water, for we are about to perish from thirst. The other ship sent a message back to that ship, to the men on that ship, and said, let down your buckets where you are. Well, they sent another message back and said, no, 
we don't want ocean water. We don't need salt water. We need fresh water. We need water to drink. So the other ship sent a message back with, that same, with the same words and said, Let down your buckets where you are. What the people, the men in that, in that ship that were thirsty did not realize. What that was that they were sailing past the mouth of the Amazon River. And that great Amazon River pours its waters into the ocean at its mouth which, with such force that for miles offshore, the water is fresh and not salty. And what was happening, here was a group of men on a boat, on a ship, that were sailing on a river of flat, fresh water, but yet they were dying from thirst. And I said, my Lord, that's the Pentecostal church today. Amen, we're sailing in life over fresh water, rivers of water of the Holy Spirit. And the majority of the church is dying from thirst. They don't have the fullness of the Holy Ghost in their life. Oh, may it not be that way with you and I and Abundant Life Family Church tonight. Let's let down our buckets, I can tell you. Let's let down our buckets and pull up from the rivers of living water. Let's drink from that fountain that never runs dry. Let's get overflowing with the spirit of the Holy Ghost tonight in our lives. Amen, let's stand, let's stand and worship the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, lift your hands. Let's worship him, let's worship him. My Lord, are you thirsty tonight, church? Are you thirsty for the Holy Spirit? Are you thirsty for a victorious life? Are you thirsty for a spirit-filled, victory-thrilled Bible Christianity tonight? Oh, if you are, then I'm gonna invite you to come and drink tonight from this river. Jesus will fill you and you will overflow and you'll become a river of living water tonight that will bless others. We'll be the church that he wants us to be. We'll be the church that he's called us to be, a church full of the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's come around these altars tonight. Let's drink from the river. Oh, Jesus, we're thirsty tonight. Tell him, Jesus, I'm thirsty. I'm meeting the criteria that you gave in these verses. I'm coming to you, Lord, with a thirst in my soul. I'm asking you tonight for the river of the Spirit. I come to drink. I come believing. I come in faith. I come receiving. I want to receive the fullness of the Holy Ghost in my life tonight. Do it in this church, Lord. Oh, Do it in this church.